Hello and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Gosh, it is the last episode of November, if you can believe it. This month has gone so fast. This week, though, we are escaping to warmer climates and heading over to the Philippines for this monster. So imagine you're on a nice sunny beach in Manila whilst you're listening to this one. Or maybe you already are. And if so, I am very jealous. In this episode, though, we are covering the wonderful Encanto from Filipino folklore. These magical beings are quite popular in the Philippines. However, it is quite interesting because it's also known as an umbrella term within this folklore for anything slightly fey. Encanto has historically been the term for any creature within Filipino mythology other than Aswang, the demon side, including mermaids, elves, sirens, all of that glorious stuff. But we're going to focus on the idea that they're kind of a humanoid elven spirit. That's the kind of easiest one to go down. But just to let you know, it does sometimes cover those other types too within the Filipino space. The best way to describe an Encanto is an environmental spirit that can transform into a human form. They usually are described as exceptionally beautiful humans with blonde hair, which is very rare in the Philippines and will often have pointed ears that give them away. Although a lot of the time, they are all quite different from each other. You can usually spot one by touching their skin and finding that the texture is quite rough, or they don't have a philtrum, which is the space between your lip and your nose. That's where my horrible piercing was that I've taken out. And very high-bridged noses. They also smell like sweet flowers when they're near humans, so it is another sign to look out for. It is important to note that much like elves and spirits in the way that we imagine, as in they're immortal, they are not immortal. They can get sick, old, they can die from injury and illness. So they are quite different to our traditional elven kind of spirits and stuff like that. In the Western world, it's very much a case of these are very much living mortal beings. Now they can both be male and female, but it's important to note that the female variants are called Encantadas. Now, they live in the forest and woodlands in the Philippines, making their homes in very large trees, which sometimes annoys the Capre, another forest monster from this part of the world. I covered them not too long ago. Really recommend the episode if you want to kind of understand the enchanted forest stuff in the Philippines. It's very much recommended. It's also quite a good episode, I will say so myself. But also, you can always scare them off any kind of spirit within any mythology, really. It's very much uh, kind of be or end or with salt, if you do want to scare them off, that is. But sometimes, you might not. They do also have powers. Now, their first and probably most powerful is that they have access to a space that humans just do not. As I said above, the Encanto have their homes in large trees, and inside there appears to be a mansion-like dwelling place with lit rooms, large mirrors, 
Now, people are advised not to eat anything once inside their houses, especially rice that isn't white. Anyone who does eat it won't be able to get out of the tree and will be forever stuck inside the Encanto's dwelling, much like the normal fey warnings or underworld warnings against food and eating in these zones. You know I said there are loads of mirrors? Well, these are actually portals to the outside world. This is how the humans can get in. But they have schedules of when they open and close. Therefore, if you get stuck in an Encanto's home, you will have to wait for the next cycle to come around before you can get out. But some of these cycles can be months, years, decades of just waiting time. But this is how you would escape if you got in there and were in the clutches of them. But if you've eaten, these doorways will not open for you. I will also note that normal humans cannot see these pathways. They are only available to the Fae themselves. And the Fae can let you in, but you can't get in without having some form of mystical power or guide to get you in there. It is the place, of course, where Encantos are most powerful and where they'll bring humans if they want to perform any magic or mischief on them. I will say though, as soon as they go into these realms, they reveal their true selves, which are pretty ugly elvish creatures, and in comparison to their beautiful, exponentially gorgeous human figures on the outside, most people tend to panic at this point. But some do go on to marry them, have children with them, and eventually turn into one of these themselves, not specifically into an Encanto, but very much taking that ugly, scaly version of them and becoming that in their looks. Why would they bring humans in though? Well, if they like you, they can take you into this realm and grant you the power of wealth or just power within the normal world. They might also just take a fancy to you. But if they don't like you, they can give you illnesses, depression, and cause massive confusion. They are known to be responsible for a lot of mental illnesses and actually physical disabilities within Philippine folklore from very long ago, but they can also just be generally mischievous, such as purposefully misleading travellers in the woods. They are also known to kidnap people that they do take a fancy to, so that's also a pretty big problem. Probably the biggest one though is that within their realm, time moves awfully fast and some people are known to be in there for years whilst only thinking they were gone a few minutes. There have been people who have been in comas or been committed that have said they have followed an encanto and thought they had been conscious or only gone a few minutes when they've been gone years, decades. Why don't we see them more often then if they're such a problem? So it's said that unfortunately humans took advantage of the encantos who tried to teach us technology and healing, and so the Encantos placed a veil between their special place of living and our world. Apparently they are like parallel universes to ours too. Only the chosen by the Encantos are allowed to enter the veil and can interact with these beings of the woods. It's said that you could be born with these gifts or you could earn them through good deeds to the mystical folk. Their reasoning behind this is pretty simple. The ancestors in the Philippines became far too dependent on them, asking them for help with every little need, rather than only in dire situations, and not returning the things they borrowed, using them to show off to others. And I think that's a pretty fair reason. I would probably exclude myself too if I was just being used for those kind of things. So I do get it. Now, on to etymology. This one is pretty easy. It's a Filipino word. But due to the history of the Philippines, this comes from the Spanish word for enchanted one. 
You might even recognize this word if you're Spanish, or if you've seen the Disney movie Encanto, which is about an enchanted house. So it does all make sense in the end. It's very, very similar to the Spanish word Encanto. The history behind this monster is pretty fun though. Unfortunately, this one has no dates or specific times of when it made its way into folklore, but we do know it's from before the Spanish invaded the Philippines in 1565, so it is pretty old. We do also know that before the colonisation of the Philippines, it was a pretty long time ago, and the old customs and beliefs were the only things that people could lean upon to explain their surroundings. Ancestors of the country would have looked at everything in a mystical way, which is how most folklore is created across the world. And the Encanto as a spirit that can cause trouble is a great way to explain these misdemeanours within their cultures. It was believed that illnesses and sickness were punishments from unseen entities, which were accidentally offended by the early Filipinos, or sometimes they were seen as symptoms of a curse or a hex, and were inflicted by malicious beings driven by jealousy, hatred or other dark intentions. In terms of finding these creatures though, to this day it is still an interesting topic, as in rural areas there is still this massive social stigma towards albino people. As they have this blonde hair and very pale skin, they are very much considered the child of an encanto and a human. Albino individuals are colloquially known as Anak Ara, or Child of the Sun, and actually face quite a lot of hardship for this within different cultures too, not just the Philippines. Albinism is something that can really show up in folklore, just because older civilizations just didn't know about melanin or enough about human biology to really understand this phenomena. But interestingly, this creature does open us up to the belief that early, and some modern Filipinos have about the Earth too. There are theories that the Earth is made up of three layers spiritually, the lower being the underworld, a space for lower spirits, and they're not called that because they're lesser, they are just very literally at the lowest point. The middle layer is where we all live, and the third, the sky world, is the place of higher beings, such as the Encantos. It is believed that some of these higher beings from Sky World used to mingle and interact with human beings. Some of them even have relationships with people, and they bore children for them, which is why some of us might have stronger connections to this spirit world, as our ancestors could come from the Sky World instead, or be derived from relations between them. It is said also that when someone has spiritual relatives or are spiritual themselves, they will return to the Sky World when they pass on. Which I think is quite nice. But now, on to modern media. I'm so sorry, we have nothing this week, I'm afraid. I literally could only find one bit of modern media, and that is the film Encanto from 1992, not the Disney film. So I'm going to cover some like forest fey stuff within the media this week. Now, for R, unfortunately, because they are a bit ambiguous in the way that they look, there isn't really any set pictures of them or any guidelines on what they should look like other than the elven ears, blonde hair, and lack of philtrum. Everything other than that is all speculation, so I would really recommend looking at independent art in this case, because it is just so good. Now for movies, we have Brave, Epic, The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, Spirited Away, The Hallow, The Guardian, Bright, Labyrinth, Maleficent, the Last Witch Hour, Pan's Labyrinth, Legend and Shake, Rattle and Roll 13. For TV, 
We have Game of Thrones, The Haunting Hour, Lost Girl, The Magicians, Merlin, Once Upon a Time, Supernatural, Torchwood, DuckTales, Fairly Odd Parents, Gargoyles, Gravity Falls, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Winx Club, The Owl House, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And in video games, we have ones such as World of Warcraft, Undertale, Legend of Zelda, Terraria, Tears to Tiara, Shin Megami Tensei, Rift, Pathfinder Kingmaker, Kingdoms of Amalur, Guild Wars, Folklore, Dwarf Fortress, Final Fantasy XIV, Pokemon, Fate Slash Grand Order, Elder Scrolls Oblivion and Skyrim, Unavowed, Fable, Dragon Age, A Tale of Two Kingdoms, Drakengard, Arena of Valor, City of Heroes, Dragon Quest and Tuhu Project. Lastly, my book recommendation this week is Vida Cruz Borja's Song of the Mango and Other Myths, which came out on November 1st, or her previous book Beyond the Line of Trees, which is all about Filipino mythology, telling folk tales. She's an absolutely wonderful storyteller, and I really recommend having a look at these. Or there's Philippine Myths, Legends and Folk Tales, The Creatures of Philippine Lower Mythology, and Philippine Demonological Legends and Their Cultural Bearings by Max Modi Ramos for some really good info on Filipino myth monsters. These are like the recommended books for Philippine folklore, so I really recommend having a look into these. You can get them on Amazon, so nice and easy. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? You know what? It's a rarity, but I'm honestly going to say not sure about this one, but only because it seems subtle enough to get away with because they're not prancing around the forest with giant cigars like the cat prey or splitting their bodies in two as a mananangal. So I think they're able to get away with it. Do I think they're good spirits? Not really. At least it doesn't seem so to me. But so much like the Tonta of Norse mythology, I really love the idea of having this separate realm where humans just aren't allowed in. I love that idea. They can't get out without the monster helping them. It's so fun. If you've watched Hilda, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about, this idea of nowhere space, but really love that idea. What do you think, though? Did the Encanto roam the Earth once? Let me know on Twitter. I'd really love to know what you think. I really love Filipino mythology, and this is another monster that I've been looking forward to. I do also find it really interesting that this monster is also kind of an umbrella being too. I've never had that on the podcast so far, I guess other than stuff like vampires, werewolves are quite umbrella termy, I suppose, but it's usually when it comes from different cultures, not just one. So it's really interesting to cover. Next week though, we are heading back over to Scandinavia, and we're looking at an absolute legend within this mythology, one that's passed on to so many others. Make sure to check under those bridges and don't linger around after nightfall for the frightening trolls next Thursday. And please don't troll me, that would be great. For now though, thank you so much for listening, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later, babes.